Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we have a guest on today that you interviewed uh, a few years ago, right, about her amazing little daughter. Yep, I interviewed Janine in 2018 about her daughter, Natalia, and we will be talking to her today about nurturing a hope-filled heart. So Janine Silvesky is a brief parent whose daughter, Natalia, died in 2013 from complications related to leukemia. She was only 10 years old at the time. Uh, Janine is the founder of the nonprofit, Natalia's Endless Love. She is the author of the book, Natalia's Endless Love, A Love to Live For, and you can get that on Amazon. And she just completed another book, which is a children's book called A Princess Heart. And she is currently starting work on her third book. And as you said, mom, she was on our show in 2018. So if you go to opentohope.com and Google her, you will be able to listen to that show as well. Welcome to the show, Janine. Thank you. Glad to be here. You've got quite a story, I must say, uh, in reading your book about the fact that you talk about the fact that your husband actually lost a sibling. Have you ever thought about the fact that she'd actually be your sister-in-law? Yes. Many times over, yes. Uh, yeah, m- many years ago. And how many years ago was that? Um, it was that she passed away in 1977. And it was before I met my husband. It's been, you know, she'd be just about my age, actually. And she died at what age? She was six when she died. Yeah. yeah. And your daughter kind of went through the same process, even coming out of remission. and Yes, very much so. And um, just when I wrote this book here, there's just been so many things that are so similar, just the, just the way things happen. It's just, it was almost uncanny. And that's, I I included it in my book because I wanted other people to see that that there's, it's almost like there's a connection here. I I can't quite, I don't really know what it is connection wise. I can only imagine. I feel like I knew her, you know, just from the stories from my husband. And I always wanted to do something to honor her. I didn't want her to be forgotten. And, and I know at that time in the 1970s and, you know, what there wasn't a lot of um, sharing of information, you know, it was kind of, you know, kind of a hush type thing. And I just, I never, I never wanted her to be forgotten. My, my husband would always say, you know, and after we had lost Natalia, he'd say the same thing's gonna happen to her that happened to Teresa that she'll be forgotten. And I said, I, I promised him, I said, that's never going to happen. As long as I breathe air, Natalia will never be forgotten and nor will Teresa. Kind of breathtaking, isn't it, Heidi? Absolutely. I love, I love that idea. And I know in our last show, we talked a lot about what Natalia did and how she changed the world. And I know that your, your new book focuses on children. And I'm just wondering, now that you've gotten some hindsight into your own grief process, is there anything that, as a parent that you would have done differently with your own children to help them through their grief process? I think every child is so different. And I think 
what I do is I'm just here. I, I try not to um, force my, you know, way onto anybody else's. I, I think they have to grieve on their own. They just need to know that there's someone there that supports them. We spent even a lot of time with our with our two sons and, and just knowing they have that foundation is just to me that that helps them get through. I mean, they're, they're the type that, you know, sometimes just like to do things on their own. And, and again, it depends upon the child, but, but my two sons are very, very independent and very um, able to, you know, do things, seems to do things on their own, but yet they know and they can come to us and we've always been there. So, um, you know, just spending quality time together, just knowing, like I said, that we're always there to catch them, always there if they fall or if, you know, how to ask us or talk about anything. Yeah, so that's important. So your husband must be able to talk to the boys about it in a different way because of his sister. Yeah, he he's a little bit different than I am as far as coping and dealing with things. Um, yeah, I mean, he talks about his sister and relays stories about that, about her, you know, and they're all, you know, good memories. And, you know, we always include Teresa as well in, in, in things that, you know, memories and things we talk about. Um, but yes, he, he does. My way to heal is turning my grief and, and things like that, that I have into like, what can I do for other people? And that's kind of, my husband's the same way. We've always been, you know, not focused on our, but more focused on other people. And it kind of converts that grief into love that you can share. And that's, that's kind of why I think I reached out to, to, to be able to spread some of Natalia's love. Um, and that's, that's a good point that, but that we find also that when you can start reaching out to other people, it can make a, a big difference to, it, it kind of empowers you. Nobody likes to be a victim. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, grief, and, and I talk about it in my book, grief is love. I mean, it's, it's love with, with no place to go. So if you take that, you know, all that love that you have for that person and you don't, you just keep it inside you because you can't share it. You just feel so heartbroken. If you can find a way to channel that love, then it just, your heart remains open and it flows. So from the grief, it turns back into love again, and you're able to share it with other people. And that's, that's where I am. And that's how I started the angels is doing um, something that I knew that Natalia loved so much. And I wanted to, you know, and I thought, what a great continuation that way she would never be forgotten. And at the same time, her, the love and the grief that I had, I could, I could help so many people just knowing that there's so much love out there and that, that her love and everybody's love is just endless, you know, and if you just keep it flowing and you don't close your heart and you keep your heart always open and always willing to help other people, um, then I think it, it, in its own way, it's a healing process. So, so you know? Janine, it sounds like when, I mean, when you first have a child or sibling die, sometimes your heart can close and you can feel like the best part of my life is over or I'm angry that this happened to me. It sounds like the first step of opening your heart is to, is to try to support other people or give back. Right. You find things, what I do is found things that Natalia loves so much, things that I knew that were her passion. And I just... 
and you want to continue your biggest fear i think when you lose a child um no, never mind like you know the hurt and the loss but just feeling that they're going to be forgotten that that's I think if you talk to any parent that has lost a child, you know, even as time goes on, mm -hmm. your biggest fear is that they're going to be forgotten. So if there's a way that you can keep that, that spirit alive in doing something that they so enjoyed and that they would love to do, and, and they can't be here, but you are. So you're the way I look at it, Natalia and I were a team. I mean, we, we do things together and I, I get inspired by by so many different things. And I know it's, it's not all me. It's coming definitely from above. I mean, there's no question that I wouldn't be on the show today um, without, you know, all the help and the spirit that, that just moves me. I, I've never written a book in my life, never was right, good at writing term papers or anything like that. And this just, just flowed through me. So you know, you get that passion and then, you know, you know, you're doing the right thing. I used to keep a journal, um, long, you know, before when my kids were, were little, just to kind of chronicle everything. And then when Natalia got sick, I just, I just did not do it anymore. I just didn't want to, it was too exhausting to have to, and I didn't want her life to be about her sickness. I didn't want, I didn't want to, I just wanted to just live the day, get through the day and go on to the next day. So, so when I started writing the book, um, I didn't, a lot of people came to me and told me I should write a book, you know, when I talk to people and tell people stories about Natalia, but my biggest, my biggest fear was that it, I didn't want it to be about her sickness because that's not what she was about. I mean, her sickness never defined her and she was such a full, a love of life that, um, I just, I wanted it to be a, you know, a, a story about love, about what she was all about. How long after she died, did you start picking up a pen again? Did you feel yeah. like right after? I mean, no, um, it took me probably seven years afterward. It took me a while. And that was the last thing I wanted to do was write about that. A friend of mine inspired me and asked me to join a writing group. And I started, um, it was right in the midst of COVID and we started a Zoom writing group and um, started writing a little bit and had had people read, listening to what I read and they liked it. And um, it was, you know, her story that I would write. And I started, I actually started writing um, the book from the back first. And then I finished it writing the first few chapters simply because I thought I would write letters to Natalia. I thought I would start, you know, the book would be, I thought that would be a, a good way to, to write a book is write a book about, you know, dear Natalia, you know, something happened today. And I thought of you, cause these are all the things that happen to me daily. And some of the amazing things and the people and the connections I've had since her passing have just been unbelievable. And I just, I want the world to know, I want to, I want people to know that there's hope out there and that I, I see it and I've experienced it. I have the proof that things have happened and, um, you know, there's no such thing as coincidences. What do you remember was the very first thing that made you realize you were going to make it through? Christmas time. It was, she passed away in August of 2013. She and Natalia and I had talked about doing, continuing her angels um, for Christmas. And tell us about her, the angels. Natalia came up with an idea um, uh, in 2012 
um, for Christmas presents for her friends. She's found this little yarn angel that she loves so much and she converted it into um, something that she herself had created, you know, her own design um, with angels are watching over you, um, little insignia on it. And um, she decided she wanted to give some to the hospital too. So she gave them to little boys and girls at the hospital where she was at. Um, she gave them to the social worker and then she got a call from the social worker, how much it made an impact on some of the little boys and girls. And she was so touched by it that she wanted to continue it. She wanted to get bigger every year and said, mommy, we can do this, you know, next year. So that was kind of the start and I, I just said, well, you know, I'm going to do that because that's what she wanted. And then I got thinking, you know, I didn't want the joy to end. It was like the joy that I got in delivering those angels and the joy that I know Natalia would have had to, to, for somebody to receive them. I thought to myself, angels are not always just Christmas oriented. They can be at any time of the year and they're, they're universal. So I thought that why don't I just continue doing that? That will inspire me to just keep giving to, you know, other, other people. And I can give them anonymously. I can give them to, you know, group churches and, you know, it's limitless. And how long after her death did you do that? Um, in December, I started doing it. And then in January, I, I started, you know, just spreading the word about it. You know, this is what I'm doing. And I donated, I donated some to the grieving children's foundations. And I probably, that's when I reached out to you guys, the compassionate friends, the original time um, was right around that time when I was doing, you know, the angels trying to see that I could, you know, spread the word and, and basically, yeah, help other people. So taking something that she cherished and loved was a way that that's when you really felt yourself moving out into hope again. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was kind of, I, I can't describe the feeling, but it was kind of like, I guess I want to say like a release, like it felt like, like the burden wasn't as heavy on me as far as um, my day to day, because I had something to look forward to. I had I had a mission, I guess you want to call it, and yeah. Well, well, Jeanine, that's what I was thinking. You, you found meaning by keeping her memory alive through, through doing things to, that represented her and by continuing bonds with her in new and different ways, which I think we all need to figure out how to do that. It's really hard at first because at first, for me, I wanted Scott in the room. I didn't want to continue a bond with them. But over time, I tried to figure out how can I continue this relationship in a different way and how can he be my guiding light and how can I keep his memory alive and do what I do today and open to hope certainly is doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think you're showing everybody else out there all these different ways that we can honor our loved ones that have died That's as right. you have and find meaning, which leads to hope, which you definitely have shown us is possible again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now talk about your website. I actually do donation. It's a nonprofit and it's, um, I do her angels and, and I continue those and I, people can, can request them to send them to somebody anonymously to make somebody's day, to brighten their day with a, a message. Um, you know, they just email me with what they, their, you know, request is if they want to do it anonymously or like, like I said, or, or with their own message, um, it comes with Natalia's story, you know, it has an inspirational story with every angel because it's an angel with a message. And then I also have her artwork on there and I created, um, inspirational cards, bookmarks, and some of her drawings into inspirational pictures 
and I've donated a lot to churches and libraries and um, even some the children's um, cancer center, um, you know, some of her pictures that hang on the wall. Um, and just um, and American Girl dolls too. She loved dolls and she, she has a fund um, set aside for little girls to receive a doll if they get recommended for a doll. Um, so, so many things, so many things that she loved. And those are all the three things that I think that she focused on so much. And that's what I share. I continue, um, especially her artwork too, because she always wanted a website of her own to share her drawings. So the next best thing is to have her, her artwork and cards and, and bookmarks and just, you know, be able to make other people happy with them. So where can people find you? So we're on Natalia's www.nataliasendlesslove.org. Like I said, we're a nonprofit and we do everything for donations because it's, it's about, you know, spreading the love and, and it's pure, you know, love expecting nothing in return. It's all, you know, it's all just, you know, doing it because you want to show somebody that you love them. And, and that's what Natalia was all about. So. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And yes. uh, tell us your books again. It's called A Princess Heart. And it's by my my favorite illustrator, Natalia. This is the cover of it. It's going to be, it's, it's Cinderella. Um, it's called A Princess Heart. And that's going to be the story of Natalia. Um, basically just um, a children's book, probably ages four to eight. And then this, the princess heart reflects the beauty of the human spirit. So that is going to be about all the little things that people do on an everyday basis that are um, un, a lot of them are unseen, but they should be brought out in the light, you know, and some of them we know about, but I think that little children need to see those things. They need to see the beauty of the human spirit with all the um, the world today and the negativity that goes on. And we just, we need so much for children to learn that love conquers all, that love outshines it all. And if we can tap into that at an early age and show the beauty of that love, I think we can make change the world. I really do. So Well, thank you so much for being on our show today and for all the good work you and your well, daughter. Thank Virginia. you for having me. I so appreciate you guys. Thank you, Janine. Natalia is certainly a shining light in the world. Thank you for everything you're doing Thank to you. spread the joy and the love. Thank you. Take and care. thanks everybody for joining us on the show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.